I was Ramona A. Stone. I started with no enemies of my own. I was an artist in a tunnel. But I've been having a midi-life crisis. And I've been dreaming of sleep. And ape men with metal parts. I've spat upon deeply felt age. I've put my heart skin and I hate the honey-colored English. We'll creep together, you and I. For I know who the small friends are. The Cock and Ball Show on KCLR. I am with me. Hello and welcome to the Cock and Ball Show on KCL Radio, idle chit-chat at its best with me, Alex Regan. I would have turned off if I was listening to this now. I come from the land of the Irish Spring. Dublin's the place where I learned my thing. From the Emerald Isle to your place in the hood. I'm the man of green, come to do no good. What on earth was that? That was a little homage um, to a rap performed in the film Leprechaun in the Hood, which starred one of my favourite midget actors, Warwick Davis. And why did you think it warranted insertion into a topical comedy show? Well, uh, topical comedy, really? (laughs) No, um, the reason why is because it's Warwick Davis's birthday on the 7th of April, so I wanted to give him a little shout-out, you know, just say uh, happy birthday, Warwick, and all the best. Oh, have you just picked him at random, or? Well, no, I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of the Leprechaun franchise, and, you know, just uh, researching it uh, for, you know, a couple of dissertations that I'm doing uh, for uh, my uh, film module (laughs) (laughs) about the progression of uh, the Leprechaun movies and uh, the storylines that developed as a result. I don't think those storylines did develop. There was one premise, a homicidal leprechaun with supernatural powers causes havoc in a scenario, whether it it be in space. There was leprechaun in space. Leprechaun in space. Leprechaun in the hood. There's a leprechaun in the hood, and then there's leprechaun back to the number two mm. back to the hood did you see what you did that they did there yeah it's yeah. clever um so oh, he, well, he, he was pesky because you can't you can't keep him trapped up you, you can yeah. lock the doors lock the windows but he'll get out the cat flap <laughs> <laughs> very so. true very very true yeah, yeah. i see i i'm surprised <clears throat> that people like warwick take those um roles yeah. i'd have thought you know if you're a small actor you're going to avoid snow white you're going to avoid a role as a leprechaun. To, to be honest, mate, I'm not sure there's any way of getting around the fact <laughs> that he's uh, three foot nothing. Right. I, I, I'm not sure you'd be able to find him in something like Downton Abbey yeah. or, or 24 as a Jack Power uh, type figure. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but you know what? He'd be brilliant as an in e- e- espionage, wouldn't he? Because he could just hide into little nooks and crannies, yeah, yeah. you know? He'd be great. Oh, you, think, you shouldn't feel sorry for that. For- Midgets or dwarfs. I don't, I don't feel them, sorry for them. For what? them, life is one big upskirt. <laughs> that's probably um, the reason why Warwick took uh, uh, took the role of Leprechaun because in the first movie it was Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, so, uh, that's true. Yeah, and he's like, oh, check out check out her bits. But no, she's wearing a dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> There's no justice in the world, Warwick. There's no justice. Oh well, happy birthday, Warwick. Happy um, birthday, Warwick. Yes, mm. all oh, the best in the future. 
So, so far, we've said happy birthday to Warwick Davis. My favourite midget actor. Yep, yeah, you've made a silly voice. Yes. I don't even think we said hello yet, have we? Hello and welcome to the Cock and Ball Show with me, Alex Regan. And me, James Ball. This is episode six. If you need to get in contact with us or want to get in contact with us, please do contact us via uh, cockandball at kcradio.co.uk, uh, Twitter at the Cock and Ball, or Facebook, search Cock and Ball. Oh, there we go. <sighs> there we go. Um, so hello. If, uh, yeah, if anyone's uh, wondering what that song was at the start, yeah. that's uh, from an album called Outside by David Bowie. Very right. good album. But it's uh, based on the concept of a 14-year-old girl being murdered and her body used as an art exhibition. Oh, which, what? Uh, what? Yeah, no, um, he does all the voices. He does the, okay. voice, he does the voice of the murdered girl, several suspects, a witness, a detective. Well, uh, it, it, how do these voices go? Do you, could you possibly... Well, uh, we heard one at the start, yes. didn't we? Who is Ramona A. Jones? Stone. Stone. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> she's, uh, she's a suspect. I am Rebel Yeah. And yeah. um, so, yeah, if you want to dash out to your local Owl Price and get that on tape. Or 8 track. Yeah. 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 Please do. Please do. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and email us in. Just let us know, you yeah. know that you're enjoying the delights of David Bowie. I think that's, that is a natural progression of his career because he always maintains continuity in yeah. his songs. I mean, we had um, Ground Control to Major Tom, we had yep. um, Starman, mm. we had Ziggy Stardust, then mm. we went on to Ashes to Ashes, we went yeah. on to Modern Love, we went on to Young Americans, Fashion, and then. Uh, a song about uh, the uh, murder and prospective rape of a 14 year old <laughs> girl and um, her body then being embalmed and put in as an art exhibition. Yeah. It's great. Hasn't been covered. By no, it, it, it's strange that really. No. And it's, and it's sad. I think uh, I'd have liked to see Wagner have done that on an X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would have been brilliant. To be honest, it, it suits his uh, his uh, vocal stylings very well. He sounds like Ramona A. Stone, and he does have the look of a man who could have murdered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he would be a great suspect. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I actually uh, sorry, we weren't supposed to be recording today, were we? No, um, no. Yeah, I've just come in to keep you company, or not the headphones on the floor. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because you are recording... Well, I don't want to sully the purity of this show. I think it's already by, been sullied. By plugging your other moonlighting. But um, you were here to record a, quite an academic podcast, weren't you? Yeah, um, a podcast following on from my dissertation about Northern Ireland. And, uh, oh, okay. It was, it was, um, it, it's really, really hard and really distracting having someone in the room anyway. Yeah. But having James Ball in the in the, uh, when you're trying to do it, uh, he's been... Uh, drawing me these beautiful little posters yeah we'll um, have to put them on the website so yeah, that we'll people know them, what we're talking yeah. about we're going to put them on our features page uh, which you've probably been to just to download the podcast so yeah. you've probably already seen them but uh, there, there are some absolutely fantastic ones uh, there's um, a, a picture of Richard Bryars pissing against <laughs> all of Suffolk's churches for a guide dog charity yeah. I liked that one very much and then yeah. there's a fantastic portrait of Samantha Cameron witnessing the mass abortion of six red setter puppies yeah and um, uh, also a panda uh, that was raped to death by Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> I like I, that. I, well, I've got here um, repressed homosexual Nicholas Lindhurst ending his futile existence by hanging himself. <laughs> and uh, Angela Rippon with her top off out by a canal. Why not? Yeah. Um, Absolutely fantastic. The scary thing is that um, the axe murderer, John Sweeney, Yes. Um, They've just published in today's paper all of the drawings he was doing, showing mm. his sadistic evil mind, and they're not too dissimilar. Um, yeah, coming to a mugshot near you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Fantastic. You, 
you mentioned dissertation. You got that finished? Are you happy with it? Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, mm. Not really much to say. I don't want to bore the listeners to death. No, if you no, want no. to hear more about it, please do um, tune into From Car Bombs to Clipboards, a one-hour featurette on Northern Ireland troubles. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it should be relatively informative and shit. So <laughs> look forward yeah. to that. So you've just got back from a wedding, haven't you? In Limerick? yes, uh, yes, Limerick, Ireland. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. who was getting married? Who's getting? Uh, it was my cousin Sean. Okay, Sean Frawley. For those who want to know, yeah. you can you can look that up in the Irish Times. I'm sure they've got uh, a shout out for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, how no. did the wedding go anyway? It was, it was because lovely. weddings can be either awful mm. or brilliant, can't they? There's there's no middle ground. Yeah, no. It, I mean, it was it was good. It, uh, I enjoyed it. But um, have you ever seen my big fat gypsy wedding? I'm familiar with the program. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much self-explanatory. It was um, akin to that. Okay. Let's just say that. In what much. way? Um, you was know. the uh, priest of a horse? No, no, oh, no <laughs> the priest okay. was not a horse. Right. But they did have a horse-drawn carriage. Mm. Was the was the wedding moved on by the council? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it okay. wasn't. No, luckily the council didn't get it. I don't actually think there is a council in that area of Limerick. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> just, just uh, you know, um, bags of rubbish just pile up until oh. eventually it's just uh, everyone's evicted because it's just not sanitary to live there anymore. No, but um, yeah, no, it was it was akin to that. Like uh, the um, the band that were playing uh, when the woman, uh, <coughs> sorry, when the bride was coming in, it was. Um, like an accordion uh, squeeze box oh, no. band yeah absolutely and it was old sort of like fiddle irish music it was it was lovely i really enjoyed it but at the same time yeah it's a little bit trashy yeah let's just say that much i bet she uh, plays this played the squeeze box on the wedding night <laughs> well funny she say that she's played the squeeze box in the reception quite literally there's irish dancing and she thought oh. she'd get out of the old squeeze box are you any good at irish dancing can you do uh, can you do a turn i'm not a michael flatley that's all I can no. say. No, I'm I'm not that good. The old Irish dancing. Okay. I I think my mum sent me to two lessons when I was when I was younger. I got a sprained ankle in the second lesson. She thought, well, this isn't for you, Alex. No. An ex girlfriend of mine used to be a big tango dancer. All right. I know. Takes two to tango. So it does. It does. <laughs> and that's why I was dragged along. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. And uh, I was absolutely dreadful although i really can see how dancing lessons are great places to pull because i was there with my Mm ex-girlfriend um well she was my girlfriend at the time let's not go into that (laughs) um but um yeah occasionally you have to swap partners yes oh some of the women there well actually well i don't particularly want to go down this route no still the malsian route Let's not make this all Moilesian. <laughs> I'm just going to say one thing, though. Yeah. I did go to a dance lesson in my first year. It was salsa. I say Moilesian. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Karen. Oh, it was salsa, and um, I, was, I was going like as, as a date, even. Mm. And it was, it was a lovely girl, like really, really gorgeous. So we got on really, really well. The issue is I'm six foot four. Yeah. She's five foot two. Oh, okay. So as a dance partner, we're not no. like sort of evenly matched. She could go through your legs and do the limbo, at least. Very true. Unfortunately, they didn't teach that in novice salsa. Did we spent not? we spent half an hour learning how to walk like a salsa dancer. Oh yeah, no, you have to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was just weird. It was like the Ministry of Silly Walks. I just didn't understand no. it at all. No, I but, know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I got lectured on that. 
I got lectured on how important it was. And how the, the yeah. more expert you are, the more time you spend just walking around the room yeah, to prepare. Yeah, exactly. It's just really, really weird. I don't understand it at all. But anyway, yeah, so this Limerick wedding, you know, it's great. Oh, right. <laughs> anything, anything out of the ordinary happen at all? Where did you stay? Um, oh, I stayed in this... Um, little um cottage uh, with with my family like there's a hotel but they had like cottages on oh, no, the you didn't have to stay in the same room did you? no 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 i was very lucky actually we, we were in different rooms, but the the problem was that um my my mum mm. she had a few she had a few strength we we got out of the hotel where the reception was the wind hit her then whew, right okay so she just started to feel totally rotten so okay to drag her home literally drag her home big okay. woman um and <laughs> quite a i don't th- i don't feel as if we're um merely scratching at the surface of your family life i think we've got into the dark inner core of the <laughs> regan so. household yeah, here absolutely we? definitely yeah so yeah we'd uh, alcoholic mum being dragged <laughs> home by a six foot four son <laughs> He must have looked like John Sargent on uh, Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> a little bit, a yeah. little bit. Uh, although I just, I, I'd like to say that I see myself as slightly more dashing than oh, John okay. Char- uh, Sargent. Right. But uh, I don't think uh, the listeners would disagree, unless uh, I, I doubt anybody is listening to this who doesn't know what you look like. But um, should they be completely uninitiated, I'd say. Um, imagine Charlene Sp- uh, Splitteri of Texas with a thyroid problem. Cheers. That's what I'd say. Thanks. Yeah. Well, actually, um, I- I'm not wearing my glasses today, but whenever I am wearing my glasses, you say that I look like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So next time anyone sees me with my glasses, because you know, <laughs> you- you're bound to, you know, I'm out and about, I'm a man about town, mm. you know. Just say, you're right, Velma, how's it going? <laughs> I'm-, I'm doing your work for you. You are, yeah. You're insulting yourself. <clears throat> Unbelievable, but yeah. anyway, so am I being made redundant? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, remember I'm the cock. So oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so we're drag. Uh, I was dragging her home like on my own. Dad, I'd was- like to see you doing a show with Michael Ball, <laughs> just to just to fill the uh, just to fulfil the show's title. If I ever got the sack. <laughs> No, great, I think it? Michael Ball, he's, he's got some anecdotes about the theatre, surely. Oh, he surely has, yeah. yeah absolutely. I remember this one time I was talking to the producer. <laughs> if you think your anecdotes pale in comparison now, yeah. wait till you're sat opposite Michael Ball. But what about Michael Ball? I mean, he is one hell of a name dropper. Oh, Surely, yeah. God. Oh, what God. about name droppers? Have you ever met any? I haven't, no. Um, um, I once heard uh, a wonderful story, though, about... Um, uh, famous singing teacher in London yeah. and uh, the person who went for singing lessons mm. um, he was warned that uh, she's a big name dropper Yeah, and uh, he knocks on her door and she said uh, she opened the door and she said oh I'm terribly sorry I didn't answer the door straight away the door's never been the same since Benny Hill used it for a sketch <laughs> and name dropping there was name, name dropping before he'd even got in the house Oh, mm. oh, fantastic. You know, you've got to admire her courage. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Her persistence at being a name dropper. I yeah. think that was fantastic. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, my mum. Um, <laughs> so I think we were talking about you dragging your mum through the streets of Limerick. Right? Well, yeah, through the car park of And Nina. now her name. 
through the streets of KCLR. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm uh, uh, once once again, no one listens to this. It's fine. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> see, you can't wait to insult our listeners, can you? I you can't wait. They tune in every week. We've got new listeners as well that you never deign to welcome. You just can't wait to stab them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, anyway, let's get back to the story. I'm really sorry. Anyway, I love you. I love you too. Listeners. Oh. Not you. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, I thought there's. I, I thought that was some sort of revelation that we're just no. coming to. Damn. Anyway, so Dragon. No, this show's going out, not coming out. <laughs> anyway, carry on. So, Mum, Limerick, yep. pissed, dragging her through the car parks. The well, cottage. there's the makings of an anecdote there. <laughs> Listeners, put it, put it together yourself. It's an assemble yourself <laughs> anecdote. No, the <laughs> You've punch- got the components. Oh, the punchline's not any good, though. The, this is the problem. Anyway, carry I on. I develop the jokes, and then I don't come to the punchline. The listeners are used to that. We're six <laughs> shows enough, in. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, so I drag her into the cottage. I get her like some water, a cup of tea, and stuff. And I put I put her in her uh, in her room. And I think, oh well, I'll just go into my bed. And um, mm. uh, it's fine because separate rooms. It's fantastic. Yeah, great. She vomits on her bed. It's like just everywhere. Oh, it's no. ooh, it's absolutely awful. I, I I feel bad for the cleaners, but. As a result, she's the one who's ill. And also, uh, the fact that she bore me, I felt like a responsibility to give her my bed. So I was on this... Just no, hold on. Yeah. This isn't going where I think it is. I gave her my bed and I did... Uh, no, no, I wouldn't sleep with my mum. No, you didn't. No, no. <laughs> no, I wasn't going, I wasn't going there. <laughs> sorry. You didn't sleep in your mum's vomited No, no, bed. no, no. I slept on the oh. hard wooden floor of the cottage. Oh, no. In horrible... Not with your back. Not with my, yeah, exactly. I went to see a physiotherapist the other day. Oh, it's mental. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, Don't God. use up all your anecdotes at once. Yeah, exactly. Just be discriminatory. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, your mum was sick in her bed. Yes. And slept in yours, and you slept on a hard wooden floor. Yes. And you still maintain this was a good wedding to go to? Oh, it's all right. It's free bar. Well, in that case. Yeah, exactly. No wonder she was sick. Fair yeah. play to her. Oh, uh, yeah, she had two lager shandies and she was done. Yeah. <laughs> Bear that in mind, listeners. I certainly did. <laughs> well, I had a little blast from the past this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the listeners won't know, nor should they care, no. that I work for a, uh, well, the largest company in the world, a mm. Paris-based bank that um, shares its name with a nefarious right-wing political party bnp quite right yeah well done <laughs> thank you and um i, I was, was gonna say to... i was gonna say conservatives but <laughs> no no oh satire on cock and ball <laughs> <laughs> who says it's dead eh exactly um i was uh, i was working there on saturday i was asked mm. oh james would you mind popping up to the fifth floor to see cassandra i yeah. went up there and you know they do that thing where you recognize somebody but you get too close and you realise they recognise you too and there's no backing out there. Oh, God, yeah. It was only after about 10 seconds that I realised this was a woman um, my friend and I had met in a Charing Cross pub <laughs> a couple of months ago and he had subsequently had a one-night stand with. Oh, God. Yeah. So it was that awkward moment where we both stood there, we both knew each other, both knew where we'd knew each other from. Oh. And... It wasn't one of those quick jobs either. You can just get done and leave. No. So I had to There's stand a lot there of plugging in, making plugging small in. talk. <laughs> On her sort of felt partition around her yeah. desk as well, I could see photos pinned up of her and her husband. 
which is the God. worst thing. Jesus Christ. Now, you see, the thing, the thing about that whole encounter is mm. when we went back to our flat in Kent, yeah. we were kicked out early in the morning and obviously because the husband was coming home, I know that now. <laughs> but I'll always remember, I we left there and I was dying for the toilet, for the toilet. Yeah. And uh, so I nipped into an Esso garage. Mm. Okay. And I'll always remember this. I was stood there and on the wall, it's the best piece of graffito I've ever seen. Graffito? Yeah, it was a singular form. I like it. It was written in inch-high letters with marker pen on the wall. In broken English, mm. someone had thought they'd better get this confession off their chest <laughs> in an Esso garage in Kent. Someone had written, I fuck real sister. <laughs> In inch high letters. And that's not even a joke. That's absolutely true. Any any alliteration on that point or Oh sorry, any any oh, Elaboration. Elaboration, thank you. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing. Just uh just that. And I don't understand why Jesus. somebody who's committed incest and obviously feels guilty about real it. Real sister. Real sister. I always <laughs> um, I don't understand why they thought that a petrol station Welling or wherever it was was the best place to get that off their chest. Welling in Kent. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, I I like the fact that I mean, obviously they're stupid enough to think that having sex with their sister, incestuous, you know, relations with their sister, is the right thing to do. But also having the nous to say, no, I can't, I can't reveal any details, otherwise mm. they'll find me out because it's illegal. Yeah, I, I I like that. Yeah, reveal no names, protect the innocent. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, a toilet is always. A place of release, and maybe that's <laughs> and maybe that's what's confused them. Although, uh, the best piece of graffiti I ever seen, though, yeah, um, I've ever seen was uh, in a pub in mm. Kingston, and uh, I was in the cubicle, and at head level, if you can imagine one sitting, was uh, scrawled. Now I can't remember the exact name, so let's make one up. Let's say. Uh, Jenny Jones so right it said um, stuff Not- you Jenny Jones you'll never meet a man like me and I remember thinking at the time well there are two problems with that first of all in which scenario is she going to see that in a men's cubicle <laughs> exactly. and second if she is likely to see it maybe she wasn't the one for you oh god I, I like I like that though I like sort of the innocence that that graffiti was you know uh, warranted uh, you know what I mean yeah of course yeah. I do apologise listeners I'm not particularly articulate today I can barely you know um, say a coherent sentence there that's you go that's the one yeah thank you cheers yeah, we're that all about that and that wasn't uh, that wasn't pretend. I'll tell you my other oh, I'll tell you my other a brush with the past this week. Yeah, go on. Was um, whilst my phone was cut off. Yeah. Um, I was borrowing the phone of a woman around the corner who had died and my mum was a good friend of. Oh, God, you told me this, yeah. Um, and, well, I don't want to... I don't want to reveal that we've been sharing anecdotes sans listener, as the <laughs> French would say. Sans listener, no. It's sans supposed to, We're supposed to keep up the pretense that... You've heard this all the first time. Oh, screw, uh, screw the radio pretense. Let's just, you know. Okay, well, never mind, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd borrowed this this uh, deceased woman's phone uh, to use whilst my phone was cut off. And um, 
I lent on it accidentally uh, the other night and I accidentally dialed her oldest and dearest friend um, from the contacts book, oh, a man God. called Tony. And I don't know if you've ever been dialed from the pocket or bum dialed or anything. You know, you can just hear mm. a faint muffled conversation. Like almost white noise. Yeah, almost yeah. white noise, yeah. That's what he got, but from his oldest and dearest dead friend. Oh, God. And I don't know about you, but my first instinct would be they weren't actually dead. They've been buried alive and they're trying to phone me. <laughs> but they haven't got <coughs> they haven't oh, got the best signal from six feet under. Oh, God. How long had she been buried for, by the way? <sighs> Two months. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very for much for listening. Hope you enjoyed, of course. Yes. No I'm matter f- where you are, whether you're on... Um, a pier, a windswept pier, yes. yeah. with an Egyptian young lady, or <laughs> well, maybe maybe you're just eating a stick of rock. Now, hey, <laughs> honestly, no, I was never like I was never one of the stupid kids who was fooled over by a stick of rock. Yeah. Okay. Imagine, okay, imagine a scenario. Right. The your parents go away for mm. for a weekend down to the caravan on the coast, yeah. and they leave you the two kids with your grandmother or a neighbour or someone God knows why they've gone down they might have gone down to see some family or just Mm. to get away for a bit or avoid some loan sharks or something you know (laughs) anyway anyway they've gone down and they come back and you say oh mummy do you have a nice time and they think oh don't don't think we come back empty handed and they call your sister over first they call your sister over and uh, they rummage around in the bottom of a bag and they produce this beautiful little doll it's it's sort of Latino looking, this yeah. little doll. Brown hair, um, a black dress with red polka dots and a hint of lace under the dress. It looks like a looks like it com- could come from Buenos Aires. Yeah. A, a fantastic little tango dress, flared at the bottom, and your sister's made up. She's absolutely made up and they say to you, Oh, don't think we've forgotten you and they go rummaging around in the bottom of the bag and they produce a fifty gram bag of Tate and Lyle and give that to you. <laughs> You would not feel more hated. <laughs> you would not feel more hated uh, by your parents. You think, what have I done to warrant this sort of hatred? Okay, But yeah. when that Tate and Lyle is fashioned into a coloured cylindrical stick and called rock, suddenly you're supposed to be pleased. No, the stupid kids were duped. I wasn't. <laughs> I felt that hatred. You know, you know what? That reminds me of a story. This is barely even a sign off. This is just a continuation. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that reminds me when my parents went to New York for their twentieth anniversary. Yeah, they brought back my sister. Like, I mean, exactly what you said, like a Barbie doll. Oh, lovely! And all that sort of stuff. And I thought, uh, I mean, I was quite young at the time, so I went, you know, well, I really want Toy Story just come out. So I went, I really want a Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah, a Disney like a figure thing. And I thought that would be absolutely brilliant. You know, they brought me back. A New York Yankees baseball cap. Oh, not for... Well, I know this doesn't really work on radio, but I'm surprised they make them in that size. You've got yeah. a big head. No, that's the problem. Even, like even, at, even at 11, it didn't fit me. No. Looks like someone's drawn a face on a dinner plate. <laughs> Frankly. Anyway. Thank you thank very you much for listening. For listening. <laughs> and here's the fall. <laughs>